guys, we did it. <laughs> Actually, Barry, you yes. did it. Yeah, big news. Big yes. news. Yay! Let's do this. <laughs> well, 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 welcome to Between Sundays. I'm Tyler and I am freezing. Barry's here to warm us up and tell us how we can find freedom from our self-sufficiency. Also, I've heard the call from the friends of the pod, and I have answered. Tim Ayers makes his long-awaited return to talk a little bit about everything. But before all of that, now that they're finished and groaning in ways that can't be expressed in words, let's welcome in our favorite heavy load bearers, Marin and Barry. Good day, guys. Good day. Good day. Again, that's the Holy Spirit's job. That is not <laughs> hey. us. You Don't say again. Just one more time. <laughs> you have to explain now why yeah, you said no, again. No, now we got to yeah, do the whole explanation. Nothing. Right, we so, had to do a retake of the yeah. of the intro. That's all. Yeah. <laughs> Facebook's heard this twice. Sorry, Facebook. Yeah. Um, Tim, good day. Yeah, good day to you. Welcome too. back. Uh, yeah, thanks. It's good to so, see you. The bummer part about taking two weeks off in December and yeah. January is that we missed the last time you spoke, which was like New Year's. Right, Ish. yeah. Around New Year's. Wasn't it the last weekend in December? It was the last weekend, but yep. <clears throat> don't ask me any questions. <laughs> yeah, no. Yeah. So, yeah. talking about freedom for now. Um, so, what I have experienced in that time is I've got I've gotten a flurry of emails from people saying, "Where's Tim?" And somebody last week said, "Tim is your one of your best guests, and it is a shame." You know, I agree. I have to that he has not been on, so here yeah. we are. I had to bring you back in. I'll text my son afterwards and tell us. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, um, guys, big pod, big, big pod, pod today. Whoa. Lots to talk about, lots yeah. to discuss. Um, so, friends of the pod. Um, I've never really done this before, but disclaimer: this is probably going to be a long one. Uh, the only criticism I really ever get about Between Sundays is that it's too long. And so I've got a hack for you. <laughs> if is that all what you, it is? Yeah. A life hack? If all you want to do is get to the sermon, producer Jake puts in timestamps every week in the description of the of the podcast that you can just cut right to the sermon. So the it's not gonna be too long if you do that. And if you're if you're a person that needs to get between Sundays fit into your 20 minute commute, get to the sermon. All right. So heads up, this is going to be a long one. Uh, so let's start <laughs> guys. We did it. <laughs> Actually, Barry, you yes. did it. Yeah. Big news. Big yes. news. So Holy cow. So here's what happened. This is, I'm excited too. I'm glad you guys are excited about this. Uh, yesterday, <laughs> yesterday, live, live, <laughs> Liv and I were driving uh, to McDonald's to get a McFlurry to share. And the machine was down. No. Oh. That's your life. In our life, <laughs> yeah. in our life we drive up and they say, sorry, we made two. Here you go. Oh. We got three McFlurry. Really? Yeah. Like I said, big news. That's huge. That is exactly what I was thinking you would say. <laughs> right, Liv said, right. you've got to tell about that on the pod. So I did. So... <laughs> Really That's big. great. What flavor did you get? It was the M&M. Oh. Right? That's a letdown. Kind of well, silently judging you right now. Except if yeah. it was free, would you still be happy about it? Not as happy as if it were an Oreo. Well, Liv was the one who wanted it. All right. So. All right. We don't want to talk about that. Scratch that. Let's talk about what happened on Friday night. So last week we talked for anybody, friends of the pod, who 
hasn't been plugged in for the last four years at Grace Church. <laughs> uh, there was a significant moment. Yeah. The membership of Grace Church, we call Covenant Community, gathered on Friday night to vote on the next senior pastor who happens to be one of the co-hosts of this podcast, Barry Rodriguez. That's me. And the vote came in. You found out Sunday morning or Sunday, Sunday afternoon. Sunday afternoon, yeah. All right, so after preaching. Past Saturday and Friday, people were counting up, the tallying up the votes. And uh, resounding approval. Good thing, because you're still on this podcast. <laughs> yeah, right. Uh, resounding approval <laughs> for from another the covenant job. community that Barry Rodriguez will be Grace Church's next senior pastor. Yeah. Yay. It's true. Yeah. Barry, woo! <laughs> no, it's crazy. It's awesome. Yay! There it is. That's how I feel. So, 94% of people who voted voted for you. Yeah. It, to be that, in. That was resounding. Yeah. That was so, really, really encouraging. 94% of people don't agree on anything. <laughs> right. For real. So, the fact that 94% of people said, yes, this is the guy. Like, I, I was... If you're not a part of Covenant Community, I, I don't really want to like promote Covenant Community because most times it's whatever. I, I, want but to, I want to thank them for coming Covenant out. Community was awesome it on Friday. It was really wonderful. It really was. It was a like a one of the most powerful Covenant Community. Yeah, it was emotional. Had Tim had a moment. There were a lot of moments. Lots of moments. Yeah. Lots of moments. So, all right, Tim had a moment to celebrate 20 years of being on staff, and then right immediately after, I said, "Hey, Tim, congrats 20 years." He's like, "I've been here for 28." Uh, well, I've been on staff for 20 years, but I've been at Grace since before it was. Yeah. Yeah, it was. So. And when did yeah. you join the teaching team? Like right away. Right away. Right away. Your dad asked me to do that right away. Mm -hmm. It was within the first year. I remember we started, the church started in August or September. I can't remember, but I remember he took some weekends off in this around Christmas or January. Mm -hmm. It was January. Mm -hmm. And back then I was a landscaper and the business was shut down. So he asked me to fill the pulpit while he took a couple of weeks off. And I was right at the beginning. Mm -hmm. So, and you'd gone to seminary by that point. I'd gone to, yes, I'd gone to school in England, but they don't call it seminary in England. Okay. They call it Bible college, uh -huh. but I'd gone to Bible college, but it was different than what we do here. Mm -hmm. But I, I was already, believe it or not, we had a Sunday school class. We stopped all Sunday school like the fourth week we were together because we just didn't have a room for it. Mm -hmm. But they let me keep teaching a class and I taught that class till we moved into this building every, every Sunday. But, um, so I was teaching and I was made an elder back then the structure was really different. Yeah. So we're talking Sunday school, like old school, like where you'd go to a class before service. Yeah, that we had two service hours. We we right at first we only had one service, but they the room that warehouse room was too small to hold everybody. So we went to two services and one of the hours I I was on the traffic team. I was with the parking people. We uh -huh. moved all the cars. <laughs> and that was really fun. That was a great group of guys. Yeah. And then um then I would teach a class. And it was I don't it was it was fun and a lot of people came, hmm. but yeah. But so 20 years, 20 years on staff. That's great. Yeah. Um, I'm going to ask you about that in a little bit. So that was one moment you and Dave had a moment up there. Right. I didn't really, I didn't say anything. Did you, so do you know that that's what's happening? Are you made aware that, Hey, we're well, going to talk, I knew to, that talk they about were, you? Well, yeah, I knew that it was, that this was the first covenant community after 
it had been 20 years. Mm-hmm. Right. Okay. And so that every and right, 10 and 20, they, they, they recognized that. Yeah. And David actually said to me before we went, before the meeting, he said, you do know, I'm going to have to talk about you some. <laughs> I'm going to have to talk about you just so you're prepared for that. But I didn't know. I didn't know it was going to yeah. happen. So be one of those. So that was one moment. Another moment I thought was great. Uh, Worship leaders from all, well, Ephraim wasn't able to join because he's out of town, Right. but worship worship leaders from uh, two of the three campuses and Marin, who's kind of every campus. Mm-hmm. And Jackie. And Jackie, who represented Very North much Indy. So. I would uh, definitely consider her, consider her a leader at, at North Indy. Mm-hmm. And uh, great band, great worship. You had... Uh, David on the on the bass yes, back there with his yes. Abraham Lincoln beard and stank, <laughs> his stank face. <laughs> Lauren and I just love watching uh, him because really I, yeah, I know that he doesn't speak much English. Uh-huh. Uh, and so he just gives that stank face <laughs> where it's just like... He just, I would, I would say he digs in. Yeah. You it's know? the best. Yeah. He, he just digs in. really is in the moment. In, he's in every moment. He yeah. is. He's looking for like the right path yeah. through that moment. Yeah. Yeah. So he was, in. he was there. It was great. Marin was there. <laughs> uh, so that was the moment. And then Barry got to get up and say a few words about how he's feeling and all that stuff. And then we all broke into small groups and prayed for the future of Grace Church and the moment that we're all kind of participating in at the, at that time. And then we all vote and then we all go our separate ways, but it was a really emotional evening. Right. Well, you forgot to mention why it was so emotional. When dad was recognizing Tim, it was, he was also recognizing the fact that Tim's been like his closest friend for 20 yeah. well, years, of, well, 28 years of how, ministry. Well, yeah. And however long before, I mean, we met the first week you guys moved to Indianapolis. Right. Oh, yeah. That's what he said. Yeah. That's and so crazy. 30 some years. I don't even know exactly how long ago that was. You were a tiny yeah, boy. Yeah, we moved here when I was one. Yeah, I remember, and I absolutely remember your mom pregnant with Lucy, and mm-hmm. we were friends almost immediately. <laughs> so, yeah. and then, and, yeah, and then during the other moment when I got up, dad got up as well and yeah. talked about how he's finally allowing himself to be my dad, and yeah. that was uh, really emotional. Yeah. So, it was. And then j- you gave a killer sports analogy. <laughs> That was for you. It was for you, Tyler. He said, uh, I feel so, like I've been on the bench and I'm like, put me in coach. I'm like, yeah, Barry with the sports. Right. I'm ready for a touch goal. <laughs> yeah. So that was great. Um, okay. So how are you feeling? I mean, it's all done, right? It's yeah. smooth sailing from here. Oh, for sure. Yeah. <laughs> now that the hard part's over, <laughs> I can just get on with full-time pastoral ministry. Yeah. Um, yeah I, I Mostly I feel good. I feel like a weight has been lifted a little bit and mm-hmm. I mean, it's been... I posted on all three social medias on my personal accounts that I was, that I got the job. So I've been receiving just this outpouring of encouragement and support from kind of all corners of the world. Cause you know, when, when Facebook sees something is getting a lot of attention, the algorithm says, Oh, I'll, I'll share this with a wider circle. So now I'm getting people that I met traveling with world next door in Haiti and Mm. Ukraine Mm. and Kenya all commenting. And so it's pretty cool. And so that makes me feel really good. I'm also, um, I guess I'm just like more humbled than ever by this whole thing. I, there was a moment at the at the Covenant Community where uh, our uh, chairperson of our governing board, Kathy Foley, oh, yeah. was reading. She was reading the uh, a passage from First Timothy, 
where like just describing what a church leader should be. Mm -hmm. And as she was reading those things, no, everyone else was probably bored to tears. And I'm sitting there just like about ready to weep because I'm like, am I, am I all those things? God, like, have I, have I I made my life? Like, am I the husband of one wife? Yeah. yeah, (laughs) And then the one that was kind of funny was that it should be what was something about it? The kids. kids. Yeah. Something about kids. Yeah. Have an orderly household. Right, and I'm right. like, my rabbits know exactly who's <laughs> yeah. the boss. That was my wife's <laughs> comment too. Something, as soon as she got to the kids part, my wife is like, or bunnies. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Yeah. Your uh, Lauren face just won the day. Yeah. <laughs> just won the day. Yeah. Uh, anyway. Well, so, in that moment, I was like, all of a sudden, it's just me and all the other people who've ever been called to be pastors throughout history going back to Apostle Paul. And yeah. I'm like, yeah. <gasps> yep. I don't know if I'm ready for this. <laughs> so anyway, it's been just a whirlwind of emotions. And frankly, mm-hmm. I'm still going to, it's going to take me time just to wrap my mind around it. It's been yeah. five years of wondering mm-hmm. what for sure is going to be my next step. So now that I actually know, it's like, oh, well, oh, it's here. <laughs> you did decide that your next step is going to be to share your thoughts on uh, predestination on Thursday. So <laughs> I mean, just jump right in, Barry. Yeah. Way it'll, to jump in head first. <laughs> it'll be fine, I'm sure. <laughs> You're going to get us all fired. <laughs> Probably. Yeah. Um, but anyways. If so, if we're all fired, it's already been planned. And <laughs> right. So it's Whoa. all got yeah, chill, right. so like we yeah. don't need to. Oh, gosh. We can do it's all that. working for good. Tim bringing in the hammer, man. <laughs> Uh, FYI, Tyler's referring to the Facebook Live that I've been doing in January. I'm doing it one more time on Grace's Facebook Live on Thursday at 8:30, and I am I did you threatened promise everybody that I'd be talking about predestination. Don't don't I'm not gonna be like taking a side. I'm gonna be explaining my way of thinking (laughs) about it. It, You'll see. It's it'll be great. Gird your loins. (laughs) (laughs) It'll be good. Uh, Yeah. Uh, Anyways, congrats. I love that we're past that moment now, as I'm sure you and Liv do. Oh, yeah. And I can't wait to see um, you kind of settle in. And Friday night did feel like there was a a turning of a a page, so Mm -hmm. to speak, where it was like, we're moving forward uh and we've talked about it on staff here in the last few months that it just feels like something mystical is happening and yeah. like people's it's lives like new, are changing there's a new energy yeah new energy people are uh excited about what god's doing in their lives and we get to be a part of that and i just can't wait to see how you get to contribute to that as grace's leader mm-hmm. uh both short-term and long-term so congrats to you thanks and uh yeah really excited the other big moment that happened this weekend was Desi babysat my child. We have to hear everything. <laughs> so I forgot that that was happening yeah. this weekend. Desi, Marin's daughter, babysat Milo, my son. And uh, yeah, it, Marin. You know, thoughts? it's just the pod family just grows, just so, grows and grows. Desi was the first person we've ever paid to be a babysitter That's for him. Awesome. We usually do like family who free you know mm-hmm. uh she's she's i think other than you and Li- olivia barry mm-hmm. is the first non-family member to babysit milo uh how old is she she's 13 13 and uh so, licensed safe sitter so, right on. yeah so <laughs> we were excited to ask her we've we've wanted her to uh 
have that experience because she's never done it for she anyone was before, right? So excited. Oh my goodness. And it was a joy for me to see her like yeah. get her little bag packed. She had this little like Mary Poppins bag that she packed. He, yeah. Your son has a ton of toys. Yeah, but he's got too he many sure toys. She brought some toys with yeah. her yep. in the Mary Poppins bag. That's what I called it. When but. I was 13, I was also certified safe sitter. Yeah. And I remember bringing, I would get, I would bring like a gift of oh, a doll or something yeah. for the kids that I babysit because I wanted to be the very best. The best. And I only charged five fifty an hour. See? You see yeah, what I'm okay. saying? Right. It was a different time. Here's what, it was a different time. Here's what I need, we need to talk about. All right. <laughs> Desi is safe sitter certified. You yes. would think that that would mean something yeah. to her mother who's deciding her hourly rate. <laughs> and so I'm working through Marin saying, how much do we need to pay her? Because I, I mean, this is the first time we've ever paid somebody yeah. to babysit. And Marin comes back with $6 an hour. And I said, <laughs> we want her to enjoy right. the experience. We want her to come back. This is not a sweatshop. Like we, <laughs> we want to pay her well. And well, so like friends and family, friends no. and family, right? So, we didn't pay. We paid her more than $6 an hour, but <laughs> did she enjoy it? Oh, she loved it. And okay. so then other parents have told me like, well, maybe it's a grade thing. Like she's in eighth grade. So $8 an hour. So I'm just, that's, that's yeah. your rate. $8 an hour. Is that better? Does I don't that make know. you I feel mean, better? No. <laughs> I feel like, you, no, you can go get a job for $8 an hour. You should, I don't know. If but you're going to stay in someone's house. So she can't. Keep her child alive. <laughs> That, that is uh, worth way more than eight bucks an hour. I don't know. Well, she had a great time. She jumped right into bed with me when she got home from your house and just told me that they played yeah. and exactly what he ate and how much he ate yeah. and when he went to bed. Did he, did he go to bed great. okay? Yes. Yeah. She said wow. he went to bed fine. Yeah. She's got the gift. Yep. I just think you've got a super chill and kid. And she, cleaned, she apparently cleaned... Uh, to clean the kitchen, right? That's what I told her. I said, yeah. you leave that's that a, house cleaner than when you babysitter. walked in. Yeah, so Lauren's like in love with Desi. She's about to <laughs> bring her on full time. Well done, oh, Des. Yeah, thanks great Thanks for job. giving her that opportunity. You made yeah. her whole year. Um, Tim, I uh, kind of let you know last minute that I'm going to ask you this question, but now is the time that I'm going to ask oh, okay. you. <laughs> okay. To celebrate 20 years, I wanted you to come on and kind of share some highlights, maybe your top few uh, moments of pastoring or just memorable moments, uh, things that you, looking back, will remember for a long time, just being a part of staff or being a pastor here. What are some of your top moments of Grace Church and being involved? Well, I was, since you just asked me that, I'm trying to th think about them in terms of corporate things. I think the first memory that I have is standing out in the parking lot at Faith Church with uh, Dave and Jim Falk. And we had just been through a really difficult meeting about the planting of the church. It wasn't even planted and me going on a rant. And remember at the time I was a rock and roll playing landscaper. <laughs> and both Dave and uh, Jim's eyes were about the size of saucers when I got through about what my attitude was about what just happened. <laughs> oh, and now no. we were going to do this and I didn't care. And what we were going to do was bury those people at faith church. Yeah. I said something like that. Yeah. And I'll never forget that moment. Then I knew him. I was all in yep. <laughs> and yep. that probably couldn't go back to faith if, I, if I wanted to, yep. Wait, this was like 1990. This was, yeah, it was yeah. in, okay. The yeah, year it was, before it got started. It was so before how, it started. So yeah. how old would you have been then? Math. 37. Okay. That's crazy. Cause you're like 
you then were our age. It's now. neat. Oh, don't even say I'm 37. No, we're not 37 <laughs> yet. We're 35. Oh, but I'm saying like you're, yeah. you were in the same age genre as us. Right. I remember <laughs> when I was first thinking about the whole rolling over thing, I was thinking about, I mean, what we've just been through. Yeah. I was thinking about the fact that when I was about your age, I just, I chose with great <clears throat> fervor to stand alongside a guy who'd never preached two sermons in a row, didn't have anybody really that had any experience surrounding him and had no experience of leading the church. Another, everything about it, but I, that was the person that I said, I'm going to follow that guy and we're going to do this together. Mm. And when I think about... Wait, are we talking about Dave? Yes. Yeah, oh, okay. we're talking about <laughs> yeah. Dave. And I'm thinking, there there wasn't, a, there wasn't no possibility that other than the fact that they just chose this, the leadership chose him. They didn't, there was no vote or anything right. like that. They he was, just, he was a youth pastor at faith at faith. Yeah. And he had, my son was in junior high then. So he, mm -hmm. um, had one of my kids as a, as his youth in his youth group. Mm -hmm. And hmm. I was thinking he was about as unprepared for the task as anybody could have possibly been. He, he would have, I mean, he's a wonderful guy then. And I loved him and I knew he was going to, it was going to be fine. But the whole thing was more of like, we're going to do this thing. Yeah. Because it was, it was not a split. Right. But the church did divide based on the thinking about what church should look like. Mm. And yeah, but I was, my point was that if we, if we'd have brought somebody in with his experience now to take his place, that would have been, nobody would have, there's nobody would have ever yeah. even considered him. Hmm. And yet look, look at what happened. I'd say that, the second thing that I remember is the first Sunday standing, being shocked at how many people came mm -hmm. and it was kind of in the it's round like 500, 600. Yeah. Something like that. We expected 400 mm -hmm. and that many came and it was in the round kind of like a, like a three sided, it was like half a circle mm -hmm. and your mom was playing a little electric piano and your dad was up there and I was walking around in the back. I don't know why I was, I wasn't sitting down though. Maybe I was just nervous. Yeah. I'm thinking it's really happening. Mm. It's real. It's really happening. We're, we're doing something here. And there was that, a forklift in the side of the building. If I yeah, remember still, yeah, there was a forklift still in the warehouse and yeah. we were, we didn't, we weren't prepared in any real yeah. way. It was cool. Yeah. It was real earthy and wonderful. Um, and the next thing that I remember that really was sticking in my mind is standing at the back of what they called then Deer Creek. What do we call it now? Whatever they call the amphitheater. Oh, yeah. It's Ruoff Morgan right. Center for the We didn't music. Yeah, we did. A, <laughs> That's it. That's it. You nailed it. We did an Easter Sunday. Oh, first yeah. Easter we did it out there. And I was standing in the very back with your dad. Mm -hmm. And we looked at each other. I wasn't on staff yet then either. And we looked at each other and like, Oh my, cause like everybody from all the services was all there and all the kids were there and we filled the place up. Yeah. I all was the, there. And I'm like, you were there. Yeah, I was I there. Was, I was there too. And we looked at each Obviously. other and we're like, what on earth? Cause this was all grace church. Yeah. yeah. It was all grace church. Didn't your dad lead worship that weekend or something? Wasn't he out, out there singing? Maybe he might've, he might've sung a song or two, but yeah, I have a video of that service still. 
at yeah. my parents' house. We yeah. got to bring that out. But I, do you that's remember what, what I'm hoping for. As his duties lessen as mm-hmm. senior pastor, as he inches toward retirement, that it just opens more time for him singing here at Grace. Hey, well, I've been hearing about this singing since I got here two years ago. And you may be in for a treat I this weekend. I just need more of that in you my life. You might be in for a treat this weekend. <laughs> Ooh, spoiler. Saying. Spoiler. Well... <laughs> Not really a spoiler. Just heads up. Just you never know. I said you might. I said you might. Well, I remember that at one point the wind picked up and all of these little flower petals from nearby right. trees floated across like right. during the service. People Beautiful. thought they were like, Did you like come do on, that? Yeah, we did. Make come that on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember that. That's awesome. Yeah. Um, let's see. Um I think the greatest decision of Grace Church, um yeah, would be in a moment of great financial hardship, everybody on the pastoral team uh, committed to cutting their budgets by 10% so we could start Lyft. Mm. Our uh, disabilities ministry. Right. That was like a really special moment. I felt like that was as proud as I've ever, as had I'd been of the church and still feel like that was mm. important. It's awesome. Yeah. I mean, I, there's some, I mean, I could tell you all kinds of crazy stories, but give us, give us one. Well, no, yeah. are we going to give that later? No, go ahead. I was going to say, I heard you got hit by a bike. No, I during... got hit by a van. Oh. <laughs> yeah. You got hit <laughs> I was on a bike. A van. Yeah. I was hit by a van. Tell, Cause I had never heard that story before. What, what the heck? <laughs> I, well, I can tell you about it. You want to know about it? Yeah. I was crossing uh, 146th Street at Cherry Tree Road. Were you on your way to Grace? No. Okay. No, it was earlier in the day, and I was riding my bike, and I'm a cyclist, and I was crossing there, and I don't... If you know that, Cherry Tree angles as it hits 146th Street, and so I was on the far right trying, you know, going through the on the light, and actually had stopped. I'd stopped, and because of the, the light was red, and a big box truck pulled up behind me and then I crossed the road and he tried to pass me on the right. So we think about it. He went around me on the right and then when, and then the road closed in on him and he just cut me off. And my goodness. And I could see it coming. And the next thing I knew he'd hit me uh, twice. He hit me twice and threw me off my bike and way out into the road. And did he stop? He stopped about a hundred yards down the road and leaned out the window and yelled. And by then I'd, I'd slid across the road and I knew I was a mess because there was just blood coming out of my arm and down my leg. It tore my kid open and uh, it was, I was, and my helmet split Mm. and I was definitely in shock. And he yells, is it all right? And I thought he was talking about my bike because I'd picked up my Mm. bike and I was looking at it and... I couldn't see anything wrong with it except that one of the um, brakes was twisted. And I said, I think so. And he said, I heard him yell, great, and take off like a bad man. <gasps> Just drove away really fast. Well, I was really stupid because I thought my bike was fine. I'm going to catch that guy. Oh. So I took, a, I got on the bike and I, this, I do remember all of this. And then I tried to chase him. And of course that was stupid because I thought I could get his yeah. license plate. That's stupid. Because he was barreling away. Mm. By the way, the cars on 146th Street actually pulled up to me as I was laying on the ground. 
and waited for me. Nobody got out. Nobody did anything as I was sprawled out all over. Come on, people. Wow. And nobody said anything to me. Mm. Well, anyway, I got up. Finally, I turned around and came back home and it was because it wasn't too far from my house. And I, I remember going in the house and saying, um, I'm okay, but I think we need to call a dog. I said something I got here. Yeah. We need to call the police. So I was just really angry. And then I have like no memory of anything for three days, like none. Well, I don't remember <laughs> when he talked about me giving that thing. All right. So what I the have, thing was I, the talk, pretty significant. I, yeah. I spoke <laughs> to the, it was the sort of the, the final of after nine months of preparation discussion to the elders about women in ministry. And I have one flash in my memory of ha- looking down at my arm somewhere, I don't even remember where, of my arm was completely bandaged up. The whole thing was covered with a, a bandage, uh, like gauze stuff and everything. Mm-hmm. I have that memory, but I don't remember speaking at all. And, That's... and I don't remember, apparently I came to an executive team meeting and I went to like, I did all this stuff and I just like, have no, and, and also a good friend, Chuck Van Meter apparently came over to the house and he's a uh, orthopedic surgeon and Ron Blevins checked me head and neck. No memory at all. Oh my none, word. None. I have no memory of any of that stuff because I did hit my head really hard. And yeah. And, and so uh, that was the nail, like the nail in the coffin for, Women in leadership at Grace, right? Like that. Why would was, you say that? Well, nail in the, the worst like, possible way you could have said it. <laughs> well, like the nail yep, in the coffin to the end of the no na- women in leadership. <laughs> oh, Lord, <laughs> right? Tom, did you get hit by a bus on your way oh, to man. the pod today? Don't touch me. Uh, but that, that was like that your was dissertation final, on like <laughs> that was the night that I spoke. Now remember, when I led that, I had to teach it to the elders and the pastors from all angles. Right. Right. You taught all the different perspectives on the relevant passages. But that was the night that I spoke on the position that eventually became the position of the church. And you have no memory of it? No memory of it at all. None. It was the Holy Spirit speaking for you well, with groans and underings that could clearly be understood by everyone but you. Everybody, yeah. I mean, well, everybody who was there, especially dad, says that it was extremely cogent, extremely... It was just exactly what was needed, and it was so made a lot of sense, apparently. So, well, I think it's like retrograde amnesia or something. Uh-huh. I clearly was in the moment, but I don't have any memory about it. We know I All had right. that. I had a strange thing happen to me two years ago. Do you remember that? It yeah. was two years ago, right yeah. now, when I was in Florida, and I had that thing happen where I I had gone down to Sanibel and had ridden my bike really hard, but I'd forgotten to take a water bottle. Mm. And apparently I got really dehydrated and the next morning, I just, out of nowhere, I just lost my short-term memory. And I kept saying over and over to my wife, uh, to Jennifer, I don't know what's happened to me, but I think I've had a stroke. Mm-hmm. Mm. And uh, I talked to Ron Blevins on the phone. I have no memory of that. Huh. Dr. Blevins. And, I see the trend of him always being involved. Yeah. yeah. Maybe he's a, well, you need to, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But common denominator. But they took me to the hospital thinking I'd had a stroke. Yeah. Yeah. And. It took me a while to, I mean, they have a name for what I had, but I didn't have a stroke, but it's something they say that happens to people, primarily men ages 50 to 65, who are exercising as if they're 30, trying to prove things, (laughs) who are under, no wait, who are under a tremendous amount of stress and they don't hydrate enough to uh, equal their efforts in life. Well, wow. There it is. That's accurate. I was 
perfect. And then it said, <laughs> see perfect. Tim Ayers. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. My picture's now in the yeah. book. But, um, <laughs> but it was the same kind of thing. I don't, they know I have these vast, but the accident was from hitting my head. Yeah. I'm sure. Wow. All right. Barry, what was the question you were going to ask? What story do you want? I was going to say, give us, give us some, if you can share it without, you know, voiding confidentiality or something, give us one just weird, crazy, memorable pastoral memory of, of being a pastor at Grace Church, because it's not always as normal as you might imagine. Oh, man, I don't know that I can, I don't know that the weird ones are all the people that are still out <laughs> okay, there. Well, that's, I, yeah, I, I get that. I um, get that. Well, that, the weird, that thing I said this morning was kind of weird when I preach, I got done preaching and it was in the warehouse mm -hmm. and this lady who's no longer around to say anything, she came <laughs> up to me and says, I am so glad to know that one of my pastors smokes as much dope as I do. What? <laughs> what? She goes, that oh sermon, gosh. you had to be high when you wrote that one. It's like that kind of thing. <laughs> No, sorry. <laughs> she like, said it in that we back. might need to talk about your behavior. Now. Yeah, yeah, it's just, yeah. It's funny. Yeah, it's <laughs> so funny. Yeah. Oh man. Well, congrats for twenty years on staff. I, Thanks. I don't know. Yeah, I've never been anywhere longer than three. Mm. So wow. I when I was watching you and Dave up there talk about your relationship, your friendship, and how I mean you've been super loyal to this place, but not just to this place, but to him as a leader and like. People, I just really envy your uh, longevity and your commitment to making this place flourish. So, oh, congrats. Thank you. Thanks. How long have you been here? I've been here four years. So, this is the longest place wow. I've ever worked. I had a Facebook reminder today. Like, you know how that, <laughs> I love that so much. Um, the time hop. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I guess two years ago today was my audition at Grace. Oh, congrats to That's you. Two years ago today. Well, yeah. And I wore the same outfit I wore yesterday to a funeral. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Wait, That's did cryptic. You, is it your audition, was that the weekend that you performed? Or was that, because you, you came and you did like a a guest worship leader yep, thing. That That's was, what, that was yeah, Today. I remember that. Yeah, I I remember that. I got real excited. I came over and everyone said hi. got really excited. Yeah. Well, you were in Florida, apparently. So. <laughs> yeah, he doesn't remember. He doesn't remember. <laughs> but yeah, well, everybody was very excited. <laughs> I know it was in January or February. Yep, or end of January. Yeah. Wow. Um, cool. So let's uh, let's move on. I, we're already forty minutes deep into this no. thing. <laughs> so, oh man! So let's let's move on to uh, talking about last week's sermon. So this is the closing weekend of our series called Home Free. Yeah. And Barry, job well done. Four weeks in a row. Thank you. Another question: How do you feel about that? Like, how are you feeling? Are you tired? Are you gonna uh, take the rest of the week off? Okay, I actually feel really encouraged because it. Once I got into the rhythm of it, it wasn't as bad as I thought it was going to be. Yeah. And yeah. it just, you, you start realizing, oh, I just, I have to keep going. Well, and I have to not expect it, everything to be like a work of art. It's going to be right. as good as I can get done yeah. in a week. I've done the research already. So it's, it, you know, mm. I, yeah. so I really, really enjoyed the process. It was tiring. Yeah. My word. Like you, it's like every, you know, in, uh, in Parks and Rec, Chris Traeger, when he he says, "I'm I'm like a I'm like a microchip. Even a, a grain of sand can disrupt everything's." <laughs> so he, and then he gets like really really sick because he's like this athletic guy. <laughs> it was like my schedule felt like 
I was a microchip and a, yeah. and a single grain of sand. And so I had grains of sand. I got sick, really sick one, yeah. one Thursday. The following week, Humphrey got really sick. I yeah. mentioned that. So, uh, yeah, it was a lot of just sort of kind of playing catch up and keeping my head above water. Yeah. But I enjoyed it. I loved it. There's we a lot about it. you that reminds me of Chris Traeger. I know. For sure. It's yeah. the it's the it's energy the exuberance. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> um, all right. So for anyone who may have missed it or hasn't seen it yet, what was the big idea of week four of the series Home Free? Yeah. Basically, I was the last little bit of Romans eight that we hadn't looked at was a portion of the chapter where Paul, in, in some sense, is acknowledging the fact that even though we have these great hopeful ideas of what we can now be and what we will soon be, we still live in a broken world. And so it's, it's sort of this acknowledgement of, okay, where is God in the middle of the fact that our world is not yet new creation and our Mm -hmm. lives are not yet completely free of the influence of sin and death and all of that. So um, essentially what I talked about is that Paul is, painting the picture of not of God coming in and just taking away all of our burdens and our brokenness, but of entering into and partnering with us in the midst of our brokenness to help carry the weight, carry the load. And I use the image of moving a heavy object where instead of removing the heavy object, God picks up the other side and helps us, helps us carry it. Mm -hmm. Uh, So yeah, it was, it was a pretty simple idea. Just the idea that we're not alone and, and God is with us. And I had everyone kind of towards the end, just think about what is your, what is your burden? What it, it could be, you know, a sin, it could be a, a fear, a doubt. It could be some shame that you're feeling about your past, anything. What is the burden? And then I kind of had people just imagine that God was on the other side of that burden saying, all right. And I kept repeating, like lift with your legs, not with your back. Yeah. You got a good grip. Let's do this. Yeah. So I don't know. That's, Let's that was do this. Wow, that's so creepy. Yes. <laughs> yes. Do it again. Do it again. Let's do this. <laughs> oh, uh, man. Yeah. So, that's my favorite. Oh, no. That's my oh, favorite. Oh, no. What um, have I done? <laughs> you said the brokenness of the world breaks God's heart. Yeah. And um, that God groans in our pain. Well, that's that's something that Paul says. He, he's talking about prayer. In in verse 26, and he says, you know, we don't know what God wants us to pray for, but the Holy Spirit prays for us with groanings that cannot be expressed in words. And I kind of built off of that. But yeah, the idea that God is groaning with us because mm-hmm. he uses the same word groaning that he uses a few verses before when he talks about the groaning of creation and the mm-hmm. groaning of our our bodies. And so, yeah, um, that was new for me. The, the idea of God groaning alongside me, like. Mm-hmm. Um, because I think one of the most common questions or frustrations either Christians or non-Christians have about Christianity's idea of God is, well, if, if like, why can't God just make this bad stuff go away? What, right. You know, instead of like being with me in it, why can't he just make it go away? Right. And the, the idea of him, it hurts him just as much as it hurts me is an idea that I hadn't really given much yeah. thought to. Yeah. And I acknowledge the fact that what you just asked, that is a mystery. Like yeah. Why, why doesn't God just fix it? We don't know the answer to that. And, uh, you know, we can have faith that he, he knows why <laughs> that he has a reason for yeah. it, but ultimately we're not in this lifetime going to understand the answer. We just have to trust that he's with us in the middle of it. Yeah. yeah. And th- yeah, the idea of pain being a partnership was new mm. to me too, because 
a lot of times when you're experiencing pain, whether it's emotional or physical, like you, you do feel alone. Yeah. You feel like, well, at least I do like people who are not experiencing this moment with me cannot possibly understand what I'm going through. Right. But you, I think you said pain is a partnership between us and God, or at least that's what I incur. Like that's what I I don't think I said those words, but that idea. And I mean, Paul gets at it and I didn't, man, I wish this was a whole other side of it that I didn't get into, but in Christ, in, in Jesus Christ, who gave his entire life and in in a sense separated himself from himself Mm. by dying on the cross. It it was, it was God so radically identifying with our pain that he took it upon himself to be able to free us from the ultimate consequences. It's, you know, so it's, he's not just, he's not a God who views our pain from a distance from the, the cheap seats and shakes his head and thinks, gee, that's a shame. Yeah. He's a God who, puts himself on a cross to fully experience and fully take on the, not just the pain, but also the, the, the burden and the, and the consequences of the things that we've chosen to do. Yeah. Anyway. It, it reminded me of, um, first Corinthians 10, I think it is. Yep. First Corinthians 10, 13, um, bunch of different you know, translations of the Bible out there. But the one it made me think of was, I think this is from the Berean study Bible. No temptation has seized you except what's common to man. And God is faithful. He will not let you be tempted beyond what you can bear. But when you are tempted, he will also provide an escape so that you can stand up under it. Mm. Some translations say endure it, you know, but stand up under it. So then I, I did a little word study of, where they got that word and what the word is. And it's a combination of, I think it's hippo and Pharaoh, correct me if I'm wrong, but it said, um, to, there it is to bear up, like by being under to bear up like a thing placed on one's shoulders. Hmm. And it reminded me of, we just bought a house in May. You talked about all your different moves. (laughs) It reminded me of moving my heavy white armoire, up the stairs yeah. with my husband yeah. and he, he the, was the ultimate test of any relationship. He, yes. he yeah. was lifting from like the top of the stairs, like going up backwards. And I was underneath it, like yeah. burying the, my, my end of the weight yeah. on my shoulders, you know? And so what you said about what was that lengthy Greek word you said? Sunanti lambanate. That was the one yeah. <laughs> um, that it really meant to carry something heavy with someone while facing them. Right. And you just brought, what the Holy mm. Spirit does to life. Like yeah. I was not crushed beneath the weight right. of the things that are placed on my shoulders, right. but like he made a way for me to stand up under it. Yeah. I do need to make one distinction. I use the, the imagery of that word to paint a picture of how the Holy Spirit works. But just in case you are a Greek scholar, I want you to understand Tim knows Tim's making the face that I am not, <laughs> I am not saying that the word literally means that, but that's, that's, what the word conveys, the Good, word means I was helps about us. To ask that. I know you were. I yeah. know you were. Because <laughs> it, it's a mistake to take a Greek word and say, "Oh, it's made up of these parts." Therefore, it means literally those things. Yeah. We have compound words that don't mean what we. But ate. that's why I like to do these word studies within right. the Bible because you can see it elsewhere. You right. can see where it does mean to right. stand up underneath a heavy load. And yeah. so the word is it. I think the best English. I don't. I. I, if I was translating this verse based on my limited knowledge of, of this, I would say that the best translation would be helps to carry the load. 
because the other time that it's used, it, that word is used in the New Testament is in the story of uh, Mary and Martha. And she, when, when she asks Jesus, would you get her to help, help me carry me. the load? Mm. And, and like, in other words, I've got so much to do. Would you help? Mm -hmm. And then, mm -hmm. and then it shows up three times in the Septuagint, which is the Greek translation of the old Testament. And each time it shows up there, it has, it's something to do with somebody coming in to help carry something heavy in a, in a metaphorical sense with somebody. So mm -hmm. it, it does mean more than just helps. Yeah. It, like gives a helping hand. It's, it's got more meaning to it, but I don't want people to think I'm saying that it literally means helping to carry something. I don't know, Tim, what do you, what do you think? I understand what you're saying. That's always difficult. Yeah. And context always means so much to how the word is actually being used. Mm -hmm. But no, I, I was absolutely, I thought it was wonderful. Thank you. That was wonderful. That's I think the best it helps. praise I've ever received. So, yeah. <laughs> it was wonderful. I think it helps bring phrases, like you said, context. If I am, you know, I remember when I lived in Chicago in a third floor apartment and my kids and I would come home from the grocery store and, and yeah. we, know, we don't like to make more than one trip, you know, so I'm oh, just completely loaded down with every kind of canned good and oh, yeah. frozen meat or whatever, just grocery, grocery, grocery. If I were to like, hey, children, um, come help me carry my burdens. It doesn't have the same, like, it just doesn't, we don't talk like that anymore. So for us to read the word and, you know, he'll bear your burdens and stuff like that. Yeah. Like, I wish you did talk to your kids that children, way. Children, I have help burdens to bear. Help me carry my burdens. Burdens. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> oh no, I gosh. think you bring the scripture to life yeah. when you give us these pictures. Well, thanks. Um, yeah, it. It did get into, and I don't know if you were going to ask this or not, but I did I did mention something that I didn't get into in the sermon, which is the idea of God choosing us in advance. Yeah. It's what it says. And like I said, I, I didn't want to get into it only because it, it, it's very important to talk about, but it didn't necessarily have to do with where I was heading with this. So the predestination passage. thing? Yeah. Why is it important to talk about? Well... Maybe it's not, but people do talk about it a lot. Yeah, <laughs> maybe for that's, sure. I, yeah. I mean, I'm only asking because I had a personal experience last week where I was talking to the, uh, someone and um, they were just kind of telling me that they don't care. And right. I was like, wait, you should. And he said, why? And I said, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> well, the thing is, like, regardless of what the truth, how exactly how it all works out, ultimately, we kind of have to live as if we have free will. Yeah, you, know, you can't just not <laughs> like you're going to make decisions and you're going to live in a, you know, so have you ever read Portofino? No. What is that? I feel like I've Frankie Schaefer's book, Portofino. No. Mm -hmm. For, well, you just read it. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> let's let's give Frankie Schaefer a boost in his income. Everybody go buy the book. You know? <laughs> but, What's yeah. it about? Uh, it's about him growing up with Francis Schaefer being his dad, who's like one of the great uh, reformed theologians of the mm. 20th century. And, um, essentially he was trying to trick God, like starting to like, cause he, he was constantly being told that everything had been predestined and right. he would like start to take a bite of beans and then quickly stick yeah. mashed potatoes in his mouth and go, ha ha. Yeah. God, you th <laughs> cause that's, that's not that way too. And yeah. then there's this amazing moment where they're living, they live in Portofino in the summer and he's out at night crossing a bridge in Portofino and sees his mom making out with somebody other than her, his dad. Ooh. Ooh. Oh, okay. Then, um, predestined to write a whole new <laughs> oh, meaning. No. Right. Wow. So yeah, it's a great wow. book. It's a really yeah. well written. It's a beautiful book, yeah. uh, but it does t touch on the difficulty of growing up in a yeah. 
highly reformed environment and having things happen that clearly didn't seem like they could come from the mind of God. Right, mm. right. Well, yeah, and the reason I bring it up here is because I think, and I, again, I didn't, I didn't super, I didn't spend a lot of time getting into this, but yeah. this is a passage that's used a lot in those kinds of conversations because it's got, well, NLT doesn't translate them with these these big theological words, but if you read like the NIV, it says like those he called, he also justified, those he justified, he also sanctified, you know, it's yeah. these big theological words. But what I wanted to do is to to actually kind of frame the this this last passage, 29 through through 30, in more in like the story of the love of God mm. drawing us into his family. So I don't know, that may have just been a little bit of an aside, but. People do talk about it. They talk yeah, about it, sure. but, but what they, the uh, whole idea of election is primarily based upon God's election of the Jews. People, the yeah, people of Israel. Yeah. But their election wasn't to be separate necessarily, but was to be a light to draw the entire rest of the world to God through the way that they lived. Right. Yes. And so, yes, election's true, but the election's not the end result of God's action. Mm. It was the means by which he chose he, to, to heal the world. Yeah. Right. And so, yeah, you have to think about it like that or else you, you just all, all every, but we're always trying to find ways to segregate ourselves into groups of where right. we feel mm-hmm. superior to other people. So it's like, that's, it just happens. Yeah. To we be. made a giant theological leap as a family when we left our assemblies of God church and went to a reformed church. Mm. It was a massive, massive jump for my husband and for I. And we did sit there on occasion when this subject would come up. It would not come up every Sunday. Maybe one Sunday a year we'd start to hear it. And I'd squeeze my husband's hand a little tighter. It's coming. It's coming. <laughs> They're going to say it. Oh, they said it. <laughs> no. You know? Yeah. Um, but I, I was just at that church yesterday. I had hmm. to go back home and sing for a funeral and... Um, got to see my my pastor, and when I tell you that there is no man more loving mm. than that pastor, and sometimes I'd get freaked out a little bit, you know, just theologically. Oh man, what are they teaching my kids? Tulip? What is this? What does that even <laughs> mean? But when I saw their love in action, all my fears just kind of dissipated. Yeah, and so that's that's how I break it down. Is he doing justly? Is he loving mercy? Is he a humble guy? Mm. Okay, cool. Yeah, all Trade right, Mark. Yeah. Between Sundays. <laughs> Shame on you. Uh, uh, right. Love. The greatest of these is love. Romans yeah. 8.28. Yeah. I want to draw attention to that um, because you you said something that was interesting to me. Uh, the passage is, and we know that God causes everything to work together for the good of those who love God and are called according to his purpose for them. And uh, you gave kind of three yeah. options. Mm-hmm to choose to believe about what this is actually saying. Can you kind of go through those three? Yeah. And and there's, there's other nuances and variations. I was just trying to give a bit of a sample of kind of the bigger ways that this is tends to be interpreted. Uh, the first one is not actually very frequent, but it is technically possible in the Greek. And it's that it's essentially saying that kind of like the things are going to work themselves out in the end. And this is, this is along the lines of some of the stuff that some Greek philosophers would say and, so some people say, well, Paul's just mimicking what the Greek philosophers say, but that it doesn't jive with the rest of Romans eight, where he's very much acknowledging that no, things don't work out. Things are pretty broken and there's yeah. some issues in the world. Uh, the second option was one that a lot of people do believe, which is that 
God actually causes everything, but he intends it all for good. And the idea being like, yeah, if, if your child dies, it, I use that example that, well, God did that so that maybe somebody would hear the gospel at the funeral. Yeah. yeah like it would, that he has like some plan. So he's actually causing all of these things that, that are so devastating to us. And then I, I did take a moment to apologize on behalf of grace and just say, look, I'm sorry if that's something that you've been told or if you've received that, because mm-hmm. I don't believe that matches the character of our God who we just talked about mm-hmm. was, is groaning alongside us in our pain. It, I used the, I said, God's not a chess master and we're not just the pawns. Yeah. There, there is. Do you yeah. get any feedback about nope. that? Nope. Cause I was sitting in North Indy and I heard at least three different people mm-hmm. audibly respond to that as if it's like, a weight had been lifted mm. off their shoulders. Like, mm. thank you for saying that. If it, I don't know what, I don't know who did it or mm-hmm. yeah. what their circumstances yeah. are, but I, I just wondered if, right. if you had heard anything. No, I, I haven't not, not, Oh, well, I've heard positive feedback about that. Like what you're saying. Yeah. I thought you meant negative feedback no, no, no. about, no. Yeah. I've heard quite a few people actually okay, said good. that's, that's exactly what I needed to hear. Yeah. Thank you. Um, yeah. So, but the third option, the one that I believe is, well, Grace has historically used mm-hmm. when we've when we've talked about this passage is the idea that um, God works with the experiences in our life, works with the things that we experience yeah. uh, to bring about our good. So he doesn't necessarily cause the brokenness in our lives. He works with the brokenness. He helps us carry the load to help us become more like Jesus. Yep. And, and so, yeah, that, I guess you could call that something more of like a middle of the road approach to this, but I think it fits really well with the overall picture of Romans eight of God being a loving father, adopting us into his family, seeking for us to be freed from the things that have kept us down. Uh, a God whose love cannot, we cannot be separated from like all of those things. I think it fits better with that. Mm -hmm. And yet a God who for whatever reason has not clapped his hands to make the world just fixed. Yeah. So, right. Um, like there is no situation he can't redeem. Right. Right. You know, that he can take something bad and turn it into good. I could think of a story comes to mind when I was very, very young. Um, I didn't know that cool little life fact that my biological dad was actually murdered on my adopted dad's birthday. Mm. I didn't know that until my grandma, Mm. well-meaning as she was, like, I remember I was little because she had to kneel down to tell me this, but she said, and I just think it is so neat that God would, and like like that was God's doing, that mm. I'm just going to have your dad get murdered on this guy's birthday. And isn't that neat? I will never oh forget goodness. the way wow. she said that. And I just kind of looked at her like, I'm, now I know you're crazy. You're like, you know? I'm four. You mean well. <laughs> you might mean well. Right. But man, is that the wrong way to say it? Now, yeah. I can only speak from my personal experience that while it was my dad's decisions, my my biological father's decisions that ultimately ended up like leading to his demise, horrible, horrible situation. I wish that it were different, but God took even that. And in my life is using that story and using me to just redeem such a horrific situation. Yeah. Um, so I say that from a very personal place that there's, there's nothing beyond his redemption and the hurt is still there, but there's nothing beyond just his healing. Right. And I acknowledge there are Definitely. I mean, scripture acknowledges that there are times when God disciplines us or rebukes us or allows challenging things, even like a parent allowing the consequences of their child's actions to play out 
as a way of helping yeah. them grow. Those things do happen, but I think that's a, there's a huge chasm between that and causing what we would consider the devastating brokenness of our world. God does mm. not, he doesn't kill people to teach us a lesson. He doesn't, right. he doesn't, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. He doesn't cause cancer so that we, you know, whatever. Yeah. I, now all that to say, there are definitely nuances that we don't understand because we are humans and, and we can't, we don't understand how God thinks and operates in his, in the way that he does. We just can't, mm-hmm. we can't imagine a world outside of time. We can't imagine eternity. We don't, we just don't understand that. So I, I will acknowledge that it is likely that everything we're saying here is probably wrong to some degree, but, <laughs> but I mean, I, that that's just between Sundays yeah. across hey, the board, yeah. but we I, see through a glass dimly. Yes. <laughs> amen. Um, but I would say, I believe this fits with the picture of the God that we follow, that we see throughout scripture, a God who is, who is loving a God yeah. who pursues us, a God who heals a God who rescues captives and frees slaves like that. That's who God is. He's there mm. trying to redeem the brokenness, not mm-hmm. cause it. You said if uh, if God isn't trying to make everything perfect, then what are we hoping for? Where are we carrying the load? Yeah. Um, and you kind of recapped basically the big ideas from the past four weeks. Yeah. Um, but the big idea of that is that God wants us to be more like Jesus, our big brother. Yeah. yeah. We're carrying the we're carrying the load to be more like this, right? Is yeah. that yeah. Is that right? Okay. Which, um, which is free from sin, free from the fear of death, free from shame, able to taste the new creation in our life now. Yeah. Yeah. Um, do you feel like you got, I mean, when we started this series, you were like, this is my favorite. You guys both were like, this is my favorite chapter in the whole Bible. <laughs> yeah. uh, do you feel like you got to say everything you wanted to say in this, in this series? <laughs> well, other than the first week when I skimmed over a few verses, we went through the entire chapter and covered every verse. So sure. is there anything that you're like, man, this is my favorite chapter. I'd really wish I had said, well, the technically this, it was a five week series. If you count the message I did in November about adoption, do you remember that with no, little, we're not counting something that happened in November? I'm just saying I, <laughs> I spent a whole message building up the idea, this initial idea of God adopting us into our yeah, family. I do remember that. So, and use little Peter as the example yeah. and all that. So what I wish if I had unlimited time, I would be able to have spent more time in this, in these four weeks building up that idea as well. Uh, I referenced it a bunch, but I didn't, Yeah. I didn't, I, you know, I didn't mm-hmm. develop it as much as, so if, if I had to someday go back and do a five week series on Romans eight, where all those things would be, all be together, that would be great. Yeah. No, I, I really enjoyed this series because I feel like, especially as we talked a little bit earlier about turning a page yeah. at grace, like the idea of feeling freedom from weight or, and in this case, sin and death and shame. And, uh, I just feel like a lot of people needed to hear mm. this message at this time at this place. And so I'm really glad that we got to carve out five weeks to, to do that. Yeah. Well, it's, it is the the gospel it's the good news and the good news is not hey guys some something happened a really long time ago so if you believe that it happened you get to go to heaven when you die the gospel is that you can begin to live a new life yeah now now Now. (laughs) yeah and and 
yeah. So it, this is what I think this whole passage is, this whole chapter is about. Yeah. I'm looking at verse 37. No, in all these things, we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. He could have just said, now in all these things, we are conquerors. Right. <laughs> but he said we are more <laughs> than conquerors. If that is not exciting. And what does that mean? You know, yeah, I, what I, does that mean? I would beg that this this series and this chapter that that you don't just like close up the book and and move on. Keep coming back to Romans mm-hmm. eight. Keep reading it. Like at all points throughout your calendar year. Keep coming back to this. Okay. Because there's so much hope and there's so much life yeah. in this. Yeah. It's uh it's uh hyper nikao. That's what is more than conquerors. More than it's like oh. hyper victory. Hyper, hyper victory. <laughs> <laughs> All right, great. So uh, yeah, that closes the series. Uh, where are we going next? Won't you be my neighbor? Yeah, we Mr. are Rogers. talking about community. I yep. think it's going to be cool. Actually, we're sticking with the letters of Paul, but we're going to mm. move beyond Romans. We're going to be looking at some of the pa- some of the sort of greatest hits passages of his that talk about community. Cool. And so it's going to be cool. All right. Tim, as usual, brought you in for a little round of songs I've never heard of. And as usual, yesterday you brought a CD to my desk with a skull and crossbones on it. And you declared that that was the only copy in the world well, of what oh, we're about so to experience. Excited. It's not the only copy, but there are less than 10. <laughs> okay. Somehow that yes. makes it seem even yeah. more valuable. <laughs> yeah. And, and uh, eight of them are in my house. Oh. Wow, yeah. Where's the other one? Well, if I tell you oh, where they no. are, then they're people that you know. <laughs> Let's get them. Well, I I don't want to talk about it. All right, yeah. You brought it here so, no. to talk about it. Oh, I'm happy to talk about the CD. I All didn't right. want to talk about who had them. Oh. <laughs> All right, so what I'm about to play only says track 11 on it. That's right. Turn, you got to crank it, though. <laughs> he says that every time. Yeah, every it's, time. Crank crank it. This is live. <laughs> Yeah. This is live in a in the patio, which is now not R. called the patio. Yeah, it's yeah. a Broad Ripple. Yeah, it was the club. place, the Broad Ripple Music Club, for decades. Yep. And um, this is your band. Yeah, this is yeah, this is a band. Yeah, this is my band. And um, what year was this? I think it's eighty five. Okay. And this band was grooving and we were, <laughs> we were really comfortable and this is a this is more like what the phenoids were like because they this is a a punk reggae we are probably more of a surf punk reggae band than anything yes please and right this central is, indiana yes please this is a punk reggae version of i want to hold your hand live oh yeah <laughs> Live with me singing and playing the bass. All right, let's do it. And it gets got to be loud, and it's not gotta long. And, and in the first bridge, listen to people start to scream. <laughs> oh my! The goodness. crowd was. This is one of those moments where you know I played hundreds of shows with this band. I remember about three of them. Well, you know, like I mean, if you yeah. make me think about is it, is this your short-term re- memory thing again? No, it's just that oh. they all blend into each other. You yeah. know what that's like, Marion. You know what that's like. <laughs> I do. And but this one, I remember every bit about it. Yeah. And it was, and we were opening for a band called Beat Rodeo. Did you know Beat Rodeo? No. Neither did we. <laughs> it's all like, right. why are we opening for them anyway? So. Um, <laughs> 
so yeah, just go ahead and play. This was like this is typical cousins from Venus on a great night. Now remember, it's live, recorded on a boombox at the back of so the like bar. Like a boombox mic, where you holding it up yes. like John Cusack. <laughs> yeah, it's like that. That's it's using the two. What are the I kind of kind of mics? They call them some kind of. They're built into the yeah to the box. <laughs> oh yeah. All right, okay. So here we go. Turn it up. <laughs> Trademark, your that was 80s. 80s, oh, that was 80s. I did it on this song. This this is on oh, a, this is a list of like twelve songs on this CD, right? So this is toward the end of your set. Um, what was that? What was that? Yeah, this is almost over. Listen how it ends. Yeah. Was go. that Jennifer? Yes. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah, the, Can we just give props to that boombox for a minute? Because that yeah, seriously, great. They don't make boombox's like they used to. Thank you, boombox. <laughs> a lot of people listening right that now are like, what? Way better than what, I is <laughs> what, what is boombox? What is boombox? Is that an app? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, we were really loud in the room, I'm sure, yeah. you know, but, but, um, that was and there great. are places where you can hear people walk in front of it and block out one of the, <laughs> one of, and, yeah, yeah. And, uh, it's funny because, I mean, the band is, that's what the band is like. Oh, that's so fun. Man. That was fun. I, I want to hear the whole album now. Well, okay. he's got a skull and crossbones. He's got eight of them at his house. I you can listen to, to one. the whole thing. Yes. You know, they, they do have technology to copy CDs. <laughs> oh, yes. There you go. Very own copy. Yes. The okay, coveted now, issuing. Yeah. Tom Doherty um, EQ'd it a bit. Okay. And did he draw that skull and crossbones no, too? No, I drew that skull and crossbones. <laughs> um, my my, wife, my wife saw that, or somebody saw that today, and they were like, "Why did Tim draw a bunny on there? That's not a bunny." <laughs> the 
the breaks <laughs> between the songs are weird. So like when the song ends, you just push it forward. All right. Because he had to figure out a way because it's just a tape of a live show. I I'm so excited about that. Yeah. <laughs> and the first one is just Jennifer that only goes like this. She goes, we're the cousins from Venus and we're going to play a Beatles song. And that's the first <laughs> thing. <laughs> this is awesome. That's so at that time, were uh, you like, man, why are we opening for Beat, Beat Rodeo? Rodeo? Yeah, no, I didn't care. Back then, I think I've said this before, but back then, you if when you played in Broad Ripple, you had to play three nights. Mm. Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, or Thursday, Friday, Saturday. And you usually played from 10 to 2. And if they had a... Apparently, Beat Rodeo was a assigned act that was in town. Okay. For some reason. And so they just put them on the bill. So... Nice. Kristen that, Rave said that was her that thought it was a bunny. Oh, yeah. I think it looks like a peanut doing a jumping jack. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's okay. Yeah. But I can't help but think that Beat Rodeo is spelled B E E T. No, it's B E A T, right? Oh, wait. B E A T. I got to be honest. They were really nice guys. Yeah. But we came out and the room was there to see the cousins from Venus. And the it happened a couple of times when we did this at the patio. It emptied out when we were Aww. done. I felt so, so we all sat and listened to Have them. Have you yeah. considered should have been the a reunion? <laughs> no, no, no can't, we can't consider a reunion. There's other reasons that we can't. Oh, the, but so I will subject, say man. this, and this is like, the, that, can I tell I, this no, story? No, that can't be okay, true. The, no. the guitar player, <laughs> listen to the guitar player on that. He is like the most tasteful, unassuming guitar player in the world. And I played bass because he was so much better than I was. I just didn't even want to play guitar around him. Yeah. And he, he was a, one of the most, I would say, caustic anti-Christian guys. He was, he was always funny and a sweet man. And I played music with him from high school, but he never quite got my Christian thing at mm -hmm. all. And then about four or five years ago, he had moved to, he's in Florida right now. And he called me and we were having this, he called me frequently, but or, somewhat frequently and we we're having this conversation and I could just tell something was different. And finally I said, Johnny, what, what's going on? And he goes, well, that's really why I called. He said, I'm just going to tell you, I read the shack mm. and it changed everything. And I realized that you and Jennifer are absolutely right about Jesus. And this guy is one of the sweetest Christian men and I can't even talk about it mm. publicly about where his life has gone since yeah. then talking about down the crapper mm -hmm. and I when I just want to stop feeling sorry for myself I called John mm. and he tells me what's actually happening in his life and yet he has no question that Jesus is with him mm -hmm. and it's such a beautiful story and he is in a little church down in Florida and playing guitar in their band wow. and it's i mean it is, it's like <laughs> oh yeah you know and he has sent me some um oh uh, he sent me to some links where i can watch the thing that they're doing and those people just have no idea what's happening <laughs> but he told me this is what he told me he said and his life is he is personally raising um his wife had a stroke and she has to be in a nursing home they're our age mm -hmm. and he has some wayward children and he's raising a five and a six-year-old girl mm. and a high school age boy alone wow and he said i have to work and then i have to take care of these kids all the time and see my wife and he's talking about all that and he goes the only time i have to play my guitar is i go to church mm. because i can't practice with the band can't i can't go to the practices usually 
So I go about an hour before the church starts and I just sit up on the stage and just play my guitar. And he said, and funny enough, people have started to come because they just want to sit and listen to me play my guitar. He says, I just sit up there and play, mm. just play. And he said, he just messes around. But he said, I figure that's my prayer before the service. And people are starting to come and see it as a second worship hour. And I'm thinking, this is a man who wanted nothing to do with Jesus. Mm -hmm. And he's so good on, at something that he can barely do now because of his, not physically, but because of the stage of his life mm -hmm. that he would have never expected if you'd have talked to him 10 mm -hmm. years ago. Mm -hmm. And yet he's using it as a way to speak into people's lives that I wish I had. Yeah. I, I mean, I don't get to speak into anybody's life in the mm. way that he is. He wow. just, it's just such a, a sweet, mm -hmm. wondrous transformation in the life of a man that who was connected to me. And I had no idea, none whatsoever, all those years when he was just finding everything about my faith yeah. to be just silly. Mm. And then to have it come around and then for me to be inspired by his faith. At That's this, pretty incredible. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So. Hmm. His name's Johnny? His name's John Glanton, but everybody calls him Sarge. Sarge. I love <laughs> of that. Of course. I can see that. Yeah. <laughs> That's cool. Guys, I, yeah. want a, I want a nickname. Someday. We'll work on it. We'll work on it. Uh, yeah. All right. Marin. <laughs> You, oh, uh, this I was guess. a this was a journey to get to this song. It was because so Tim, another moment from yep. Friday was yeah. after everything wrapped up, and Tim's talking to me about this documentary that I needed to watch called Rumble. It's on PBS, but I already had it in my queue to watch it because it I I saw it flash and I'm like it okay I'm gonna save that for later because it looked like a Marin and Jaden type documentary mm -hmm. you know. Um, so I watched it and it was wonderful. So then I got my brain spinning, you know, well, what can I pick? You know, I don't know. So I, I just couldn't, there are too many great songs and I had a hard time narrowing it down to one, the tremolo of, uh, what was that? Rumble, the song rumble, right. um, led me to like, um, the Staples singers Oh gosh, and Pop yeah. Staples was referenced oh, in yeah. that documentary. Yeah. I'm telling you, you guys got to go watch this. this? Go Rumble. Watch what is Rumble. it? Just go watch it. What, what's it about? Music. It's <laughs> it's about how Native Americans have influenced rock and roll. Yeah. Starts, starts with Link Ray, but it also goes way back. And then they do the ten minutes on Jesse uh, Davison. Yeah, I told yeah, you, yeah. That's the guy that made me want to play guitar, move from bass to guitar, and yeah. like so that guy is just amazing. Yeah, it was. So really this is awesome. on what Netflix or something? Uh, PBS. Uh, so, independent uh, lens. Yeah. That's yeah. going to be a problem. Independent <laughs> lens. Yeah. What's wrong? You don't have that app? No, no, yeah. <laughs> All right. So what do we got? So what we have, what I ended up going with, I went and I visited my auntie last night, uh, yesterday evening. Mm -hmm. She's in a uh, nursing rehabilitation for the massive brain hemorrhage that she suffered the week of Christmas. So she's not, she's not doing well. I wish that I could say that she's making progress, mm. but she's really not doing well, but she's coherent enough to know who's in the room with her. At one point, my, you have to know how feisty my aunt is. And I just want to get a rise out of her. I just want to see her like, just be herself again. Yeah. So I was just razzing her and I leaned in and I said, you don't even know who I am. What's my name? Uh, and she looked me right in the eye and said, Marin. Wow. <laughs> she said my name. That was awesome. Yeah. So, um, my grandmother was there. My grandmother's 94 and, uh, 
she was telling me, well, she has been responding well to music, my aunt has. Um, she's paralyzed on one side. Um, she has some control of her right hand. Um, I could see her like touch her face. Like she has some control, but it often kind of just flails around. And I don't know if she's, it doesn't look Mm. like she's doing that on purpose. It looks like her brain is doing something that's making her hand kind of move around. Um, so I wanted her to have like a stress ball or something to kind of focus that energy. Um, so anyway, grandma said she's been responding well to music. So grandma, on her cell phone, opened the YouTube app so she could play music. <laughs> Runs in the family. <laughs> These guys make fun of me because all of my music, I listen to it on YouTube and not Spotify. I don't yeah. understand Spotify. Tyler right. gave me a crash course <laughs> this afternoon after staff prayer, and I still don't get it. But Grandma set up her phone right there like she put it on top of my auntie. And the song she chose was a gospel song, I Will Bless the Lord at All Times. And just listening Wait, to that. Wait, is that what you sent me? No. Oh, okay. No. I was going to say we got the wrong thing. Listening <laughs> to that in the room was just like, man, my grandmother, she's lived and seen it all. She's outlived every one of her siblings. She's the last mm-hmm. one standing. Her husband died a few years ago. She lost my father way back in 1982. And now she's looking at her daughter unable to move, but with all faith and assurance that yeah. she's going to go home. The, the the authority with which she spoke to my aunt, and I don't understand strokes very much or, or brain hemorrhages. I, I just don't get it. But my aunt can speak. She's just choosing not to speak. And she can't speak sentences. Mm-hmm. But she would nod her head yes. And my grandmother would say to her, no, you say yes. You say the word. Oh. And then my aunt would say, yes. Clear as day. <laughs> but she would only do it if grandma like made her do it. Yeah. Grandma is just, she has all the authority. She's amazing. Of course. So I will bless the Lord at all times, even in, in light of laying up in a not nice nursing home. She's mm. got a roommate and everything. Like it's, it's not good. Also, I have to just throw this in there. My grandma brought with her some anointing oil. This is grandma. And she's anointing my auntie on the forehead and on the hands. And then... <laughs> She turns and she anoints her own self. And then she turned to my grandma's, to my, my auntie's roommate. Her name's Miss Eula. And she just rubs Miss Eula, the sign of the cross on her forehead. She's anointing every person in hey, the room. why not? Even me. I'm I scared. Some, I got some of that. No, you would feel the love if it was from grandma. So anyway, I played a song for my auntie. And I knew it was a song that she liked. It's Walter Hawkins. Mm-hmm. And I saw my aunt and my uncle, they were in a chorale that did a whole night of Walter Hawkins music shortly after he passed away, just paying, paying homage to him. And as soon as I put that song on, her hand that was kind of wild started moving in time with mm. the music, in time. I was so taken and I said, Aunt Karen, if you like this song, give me a thumbs up. And she just raised her thumb and yes. my, my grandma just lit up from within. Mm. She was connecting with this song that I'll play for you now. All right, let's do it. Slipping away Calling these down 
Simmons. What is this? Uh, Thank You, Lord is the name of the song. But we used to sing it in my choir in Chicago. Oh, you did? And uh, my friend Kim, she took this solo. So when I hear it, I hear Kim's voice. Mm. When was this? What what song? What year was this song? Oh, jeez. We're the talking like the 80s, looks 90s, like, uh, uh, early 90s. Yeah, yeah, good yeah, 1991. 1990s. Classic. And this is that song. I knew my aunt would love it. Like if if a choir shows up to a church and starts singing this song, yeah. like the church will just go up because this yeah. is everybody's favorite. Yeah. yeah. It could have been me. <laughs> So, Walter Hawkins, mm-hmm. he passed away. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, I believe it was pancreatic cancer that ooh. took Walter Hawkins. Where Where's he from? Like, what part of the country? I think he was from California. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I think you're right. Just listen to how much the bass gets to do. Yeah. Uh, no, I, that's what I'm noticing. Dabi, Dabi would Dabi, love this. Right, yeah, they would. The Venezuelan musicians we have love gospel. Hmm. Everybody should love gospel. Yeah, yeah. seriously. <laughs> you know, I played behind a gospel singer for like almost three years. No. Don, yeah, I played behind um, Tyrone Brad. <laughs> no. <laughs> this is this is what it was. Oh, it's beautiful. I learned to sit in the moment. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah, and the guitar is doing very little. Right. You just... Yeah. And the choir's just saying thank you, yeah. thank you, thank you. <laughs> yes. I can I do that. It. Well, and that's that's the strength of my grandmother. Mm. I will bless the Lord at all times. Yeah. And that was me telling my auntie. And, and the way that she was moving her hand in rhythm, it's like she was testifying to these words. Mm. She's laid up. She can't get out of bed. She can't go home. The place doesn't smell good, but she's thanking him. Mm. See how it changed now? The choir has the words, and the soloist just says thank you. They switched back. That's pretty great. I mean, you you need enough time to do that, so thank God this song's 12 minutes long. You have no idea. I know you won't play all 10 minutes of it, <laughs> yeah. but when you're singing that, it gets deeper yeah. and deeper yeah. and deeper. And it, I mean, and this isn't unique to African-American sure. music or gospel music. It's monastic. Mm. You, you say these words over and over right. and it becomes more and more real to you. And it just sinks down deeper and deeper and deeper into your soul. That's yeah. why my grandma at her age, having seen everything she can see, has seen, can still say thank mm. you. So... My wife has started running in the last, like, uh, five months, mm-hmm. and she will only really run to gospel music that Marin sends her. That's it, way it, cool. It gets her, like, through it. I love it. Thanks for playing that song. Mm. Might you get a big thumbs up from my auntie yeah. right now. <laughs> Hopefully she's she's able to tune in or something. But, uh, yeah, Tim, thanks for being here, man. Yeah, it's good to be here. Yeah, it's always good to have you. Uh, Barry, great sermon. Thank you. Congrats again. 
Thank you. You did it. You really, you really did it. Here we are. I'm yeah. really now it. the associate senior pastor. Yeah. Hey. Weird, weird to say. All right. So every weekend, I expect the preachers will be wearing uh, cardigan sweaters like Mr. Rogers. Is that what's they happening? Better. Right. <laughs> I don't know. I'm, I'm not in you're this not series. Doing it? I'm uh, not in this series. You're not in no. it. All right. No. Um, Barry, are you doing Facebook? Yeah, you are doing Facebook Live this week. This week, not, I'll okay. Take, I'll take a break for next month. All right, so, so. tune in there, eight thirty, Facebook Live, uh, to hang with Barry and get a little more on last week's sermon. But uh, until then, Marin. <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I get distracted. Yes, uh, until then, Marin. Let's do this. <laughs> oh. oh. <laughs> I love it. That's my new favorite one. Do justly, love mercy, walk humbly with your God. And we'll see you on the other side of Sunday.